Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations. Z, always great to be back here talking with you. We got a very interesting topic today. It's called Your Playlist. And the idea is that if you're going on a road trip, what do you want to hear? What music resonates with you? You got to make the trip. And Caitlin, you're about to go on a road trip, so this is timely. You can think about what you want on your playlist. But you've got hours ahead of you. You've got miles of empty road, just you and the car and whatever your favorite tunes are. So what goes on that list? What is going to give you some peace? What's going to uplift you? What's going to bring the right emotion for that journey? And for each person, that's going to be unique, which is why it's your playlist. And when we expand beyond this concept, so if we go from the metaphor of having a playlist and using music to define who you are, to set you apart from the crowd, we can also think about this concept more generally. So what markers define you? And this is really, how do we discern the self? So Z, as you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier on, it's very easy to get caught up in different markers, like I'm a Democrat, or I'm a Republican, or I'm a Patriot, or I'm some kind of CrossFit person, whatever it is. We tend to identify with different movements and different crowds. That's just part of being human. Uh, It's gotten worse, so we're in this world where there's a lot more tribalism. But that's a tendency that's that's relatively innate, and it does have some value. Uh, So losing our individual identity, it means that we fit into a group. We don't necessarily threaten other people. Uh, We've got a group of people that we can rely on who can help us survive. So from a primal standpoint, there are very good reasons why we might want to do this. Uh, But if we step away from that and think more about the purpose of our life and the meaning, and what are we here to do with our lives? What do we want to achieve? We have to know what makes us tick as individuals. And that's where these markers of the self become very important. And we need that clarity because, as you observed, Z, if we're not clear on who we are, we don't have clear direction. We don't have a clear mission. We're half in and half out. We're never fully committed to any one thing. That makes it very hard, number one, to achieve anything. Number two, it causes a lot of stress because we're always second-guessing ourselves. We're always feeling like we're in the wrong place if we don't have that full commitment. And the reason this topic came up is because we had some conversations in the past couple of weeks. We were talking about my music. And you observed that I was treating this more like a side project. So it's something that I hoped would work out, that I was putting some time and energy into But it was separate from who I am, and I wasn't clear on who I was. Am I someone who works in the business world, or am I an artist and a musician? Am I both? And if I don't have that clarity and I'm in both worlds, then I'm never committed to one direction or the other. That's where a lot of this frustration comes from. That's where a lot of the hesitancy comes from. Jante, you and I were talking. You said that in some of the pieces— it feels like I'm not fully there. I'm not fully invested. And maybe it's because I haven't had that clarity. But 
as soon as I cleared up that definition and started to think of myself different from how I've thought about myself in the past. So if I really embrace this idea that I am an artist, I'm a musician, what does life look like from that vantage point? It's totally different. It's not a project that I'm hoping is going to work out, but if it doesn't, I'll go back and do something else. This project is really who I am. This is what I'm here to do. I've got a voice. I've got a certain clarity on current events. I've got an ability to articulate and provide clear narrative to people who are looking for direction. I'm very good at putting words together and building rhythm and building power in the lyrics that that I create. And also, if I just look at myself, the different experiences that I've had, I'm, I'm fluid. I'm in the middle of the road. I'm not attached to one ideology or another, which in a sense is perfect for this time where everyone is tribal, everyone's attached to one side or the other side. There needs to be a voice of clarity, of reason, uh, someone who can step back and provide that dispassionate perspective that we talk about. That's me. That's my role. That's what I'm here to do. And if I start looking at things from that standpoint, a lot of the hesitancy disappears. A lot of the frustration disappears because it's not so much, oh, why isn't this working as fast as I wanted to? It's more, my God, I have this incredible opportunity. I'm grateful for the ability to express myself in this way, to get up, to create, to inspire. And I'm going to have fun with it. And uh, I'm not putting myself on a timeline. I'm not saying I'm going to give it a year or two years and then step back. This is just what I am. So once I had that clarity, it completely transformed the way that I was looking at the music. It transformed the way that I was looking at myself. The work started to feel more light, uh, more fun, uh, less serious. Uh, The last few months, uh, I'd been feeling some disappointment. As we talked about, this had felt more weighty than it had in the past. So just those conversations we had about being clear on the self and knowing who I am, what I want to do, it gave me purpose, direction, good marching orders, reduced a lot of the anxiety and and mental friction that was happening in the background. So this is a a pretty critical topic. It it ties into what we talk about fairly often, uh, just knowing ourselves being able to meditate on ourselves, getting that self-possession, because within that self-possession, again, comes the peace of mind and comes a clear direction. So, Z, that's how I think about it. I mean, that's how our discussions have influenced me. I want to hear about it from your perspective. Talk to our audience a bit about this concept of the playlist. What is your playlist, and why is it so important to have that knowledge of the self? Well, Vin, what I really um, was inspired, I, I was really inspired listening to you and Jonte talk. And um, when he asked you that question about, you know, what songs do you like? This this light bulb went off in my head as I think about working with people over the years, uh, working on my own process of self-realization, uh, working with people going through major health issues and things like that. And the tools that I use uh, are are very uh, basic and, and rudimentary tools of etiology, signs and symptoms. And before I can do that, the one thing I have to do is know 
what the person is looking for. And then everybody speaks different. Everybody uh, words themselves different. Everybody frames themselves different. And you have to be able to pierce through the veil of misinformation and get to the nitty gritty of who the people are. So oftentimes I listen and I, 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 I get into the common present history, uh, the present and the history of those people and, and things they like, their likes, their, what resonates with them, what their tribal indexing. We've talked about that before. How do they project their identity of who they are to you? Even if that projection isn't what you see, you want to hear how they see it. And you can ask a series of questions and that person will then answer those with these different definers, which distinguishes them from others um, or makes them indistinguishable from others. So when we have blanket titles such as uh, I'm American, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, those are titles of indistinguishment. So that means that whatever that label is, you can just then stereotype it. But when a person distinguishes themselves, even from groups they have near association with, there's a bit more character, a lot more understanding. There's a microtization of the overall analysis of that person. You get round, down to the cellular level. And little things like what we talked about earlier. What's on your playlist? You're going to drive across country. You're on a journey of some kind and you pop in your cassette, your CD, your whatever they have now, your MP3, your digital download from Spotify. Uh, myself, I have an 8-track tape. So you, you throw that in, and as you're on your journey and you're contemplating miles and miles of open road in front of you, or an open sea in front of you, or a long airplane ride, or whatever it is on that journey where you're reflecting upon your life and yourself, what would your life look like if the ingredients of your life could be captured in a playlist? You think of songs. I was telling uh, Jonte and Kaylin earlier. Uh, I, I want there there in my playlist in my basic playlist of the Z, the soul, the essence of Z. And if you hear my playlist, you get to know me. So when I was a, a young man, my the, the young teenager the love of my life. She lived far away from me by teenager standards. You know, she was 20 miles away. And I had to ride a bus to her house. And at the timing was such that when I got out of uh, practice and school and finished my homework and my chores, um, I could ride a bus 20 miles to her house and that bus would take its break for 45 minutes and I had to get back on the bus and drive, ride the bus back because that would be the last bus that night going to that particular destination. And um, I would just ride the bus for an hour or so just to sit with her for 45 minutes and ride another hour back. And then every other weekend we would have time together because our moms worked together uh, on the weekends on different projects. And in the, in the innocence of young love, I would go through so many different emotions, like the time between seeing her, waiting those uh, weeks, uh, just the moments I could be near her as I, my heart and my soul and my, my body was developing into a, a, a man. And there was a song by Marvin Gaye called Distant Lover. 
And it's just a beautiful song that resonated with me and part of the building of me. Not only was it about his lover being physically far away, but it was about the person he loved being emotionally far away. And as I matured in life, that was a common theme that I struggled with in relationships is the love is apparent and clear, but are we on the same page right now? Can we come together? So that was Distant Lover. That's on my playlist. There are other songs on my playlist um, uh, that you can listen to and go, wow, you know, uh, James Brown, Papa's got a brand new bag, you know, or I'm bad or whatever it is. Uh, that journey song, uh, whatever the name, and and there's a few others I can probably name if if you put the twenty or thirty songs that are my my life playlist, you could pretty much figure Z out. Um, Pavarotti and James Brown singing "It's a Man's World," many a, a few Aretha Franklin songs. This is the house that Jack built. It reminds me of my grandfather and the deeper qualities of I look for in people. She has a beautiful song. Um, this is the house that Jack built. And I think about people that I know that have really put their soul into providing for their family, but they're often not recognized. And it's a very sensitive place for me. So if you go through our playlist, you start to understand and you're able to distinguish yourself individually from other things that are, may, might make you indistinguishable, such as your so-called ethnic group or your political party or your national affiliation, those are indistinguishable because those are things that we stereotype people based on certain features, qualities, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, you got to, as, as I said, you're one of the millions of lilies in the field. What makes you different? So what makes you different from all the other lilies in the valley is that maybe you have a slightly off color. Maybe you're the four leaf clover. Maybe you're that person. And we all are. We all are. If we understand how to distinguish ourselves. What is your playlist? You may say, hey, I'm a part of this group, but I'm not like everybody in my group. How do you know that until you can really define yourself? And when it comes on to working on yourself and striving for self-realization, to take self-ownership, to be self-possessed, it's more important for you to know that than other people. So when you say... Uh, you're an artist. I remember an example of that is, is years ago as a young man going to New York, and I was always one who played it safe. I had a corporate job, and uh, I did dotted my I's and crossed my T's in the common world, in the indistinguishable world. But I was also a very disciplined martial artist. I was also um, involved somewhat in the African art scene traditional African dance, things like that, my family. And I remember hanging out with artists the first time I met real artists in New York. What do I mean, real artists? They lived their art. They lived and died and sacrificed to do their art. They did other things. They may have been school teachers or worked in restaurants or whatever else they did. But when you met them, that's what they talked about. That's what they did. Everything else was a means of supporting their identity, their playlist. And I used to 
be uncomfortable with that. I didn't think that was the right way to do things because I thought that was foolish of them to invest their energy, their time, and their focus in something that they didn't have that much control over. Mind you, that was malthought on my part because what do we really have control over? So I would meet people who were part-time, uh, what do they call the thing in Wall Street where these people run around and at the time they used to have people, you get a job on Wall Street running around, trade, like, I don't know, the trader, they're running around the floor handing papers to people. What is that called, Vin? These, they had these, I don't know if they still do it, but they had these people that would run around the stock market uh, letting people know what stock they just bought or something like that. It was a weird job. And then I knew them that had other jobs and things like that. Uh, some were school teachers, part-time, full-time. But when it was, they, they showed up every day to work their art. They were auditioning. They were writing plays, writing theater, writing uh, dance routines, doing planning shows all their waking hour with an unbelievable passion and fire. There were people that I would know in one arena of life and I would see them perform their art and would bring tears to your eyes. Sometimes they would work two, three years to perform for 20 or 30 minutes on the stage. And, and they would be, in that 20, 30 minutes, they had, they had compressed three years of devotion and dedication to do these beautiful shows or art presentation. Some of them were painters and all that, but they did other things, but they never introduced themselves based on the other thing they did. They always said, I'm a painter. I'm a dancer. I'm a sculptor. If they didn't sell one sculpture, they would say, I'm a sculptor. I am. I am. And that was such a powerful thing. But I didn't get it at the time. Because I, I, I had an attitude that, oh no, you need to be a part of the indistinguishable world as security and safety. And then what you love that's on the back burner because that thing you love will not uh, render unto Caesar that which is his, okay? And so as I matured into that, I start to understand how important the distinguishing characteristics of individuals are. We oftentimes here talked about opting out. Well, what is an opt-out? What distinguishes an opt-out from those who have opted in? What distinguishes an opt-out? Well, you think for yourself. What does that mean? Well, you know when you're hearing common memes, I think is what they call it, or common ways of speaking, that they don't always apply to you 100%. You have a variation of that. When you listen to the, the latest stream of news, that you're, you're, you're aware of your likes and your biases and you understand that that format is for the indistinguishable. It's for the drones. It's for the minion who are buying this stuff over and over again. And as an opt-out, you say, you know, I hear what they're saying, but I have my own take on it, my own opinion. I'd like to research it myself. I'd like to know why are they telling me this and what do they hope to gain from swaying my opinion. Those characteristics make you distinguishable. Another way of putting it makes you stand out. Another way of putting it, it makes you disruptive. 
another way of putting it, you're that asshole in the room that asks questions when everybody just wants to get along and just be unseen and unheard. You're the one that just rocked the boat. You're the one that just survived the Titanic. Okay, so it's important for us as we're working on ourselves and developing ourselves to take a look at our own individual playlist. Is a playlist just songs? No, it's not just songs. The books that resonate with you, the common themes of people that have resonated with you in life, your pursuits, what are the things that you go back to that, that you can identify yourself. And you think this is easy. Some people would think this is easy. It's not easy. Do you know how many people don't have a playlist? Or their playlist is based on pop music. That isn't a playlist at all. That's not a playlist at all. Or if your reading list only includes a individual book club that told you this is what to read, then that's not your playlist. Do you have your radio set for one news station all day, every day, and you only get one stream of information? Then that's not your playlist. What I'd like to experiment with is observe your playlist. Go way back in your life. What are the things that you listen to, hear, read that might bring you a smile or a tear? And if you lay out your life playlist and put it off to the side and someone forensically goes to that playlist, they can actually understand who you are. There are books that I like, styles of writing that I like. And people say, okay, I can figure out. See, People come over to my house and they look through my bookshelf. They know everything about me. That's my playlist. And even though it may seem very eclectic, and a lot of diversity. There are common themes in all the books that I read. John Tate's been to the house, you know. There are science books. There are books on the Vedas. Very few novels. And the ones that are there are based on real stories. And I have thousands of books. But if you have an understanding of playlists, you say, okay, that's, that's pretty much this dude. Same way with the music I like. And people say, oh, you like so much different music. Really, really do I? There's certain hip-hop I like, certain R&B, certain jazz. There's certain, what they call, world music, right? From Pavarotti to Indian classical music to Bollywood music to what they call the soca music, to African high-life music, traditional instruments, all the way back to R&B, right? Some rock and roll, soul. some soul. If you listen to the songs I like, look at the books I read, you can actually create an avatar of me. And what I'd like for everybody as we're distinguishing ourselves, think about what you call yourself how you identify yourself. And then take a look at your playlist and see if they fit. Look at your indistinguishable characteristics and your distinguishable characteristics and see if you can come up with an understanding of yourself. By understanding yourself, you know where you're going. You know where your commitments are. 
As you were talking about, Vin, with your art, your art is brilliant, it's timely, but for a while it was hindered by your lack of discernment and, def and, and definitive nature of your actions with your music. You were Part of you was indistinguishable. And so that music, for it to flourish, has to be distinguishable, not indistinguishable. You follow me? Yeah, it's interesting the way that you put this. And I've seen this with me for a lot of my life because I feel throughout my late 20s, maybe a little after that, maybe my early 30s going into my 40s, there have been many times when I felt half in and half out, and it predates the music. I started a business back in the day. I don't think I had sufficient commitment to see it through. Part of it was that I didn't know what I was getting into, and I found that out after the fact. It was more of a lift than, than I envisioned. Um, it wasn't something that I could sustain. But at the same time, even saying that, had I been fully committed, I would have found some way to make it work. If there's no option to fail, then you figure it out. It's just what you do. Again, it's, it's who you are. And it's, okay, if this is what I am, what do I do to first survive and then build on that, eventually thrive, eventually create meaning, influence other people, shine my light in whatever capacity into the world? Uh, but again, doing that, as you're saying, requires having that clarity. And just reflecting on myself, that's something that that I've been missing. And I felt that in a lot of different ways I've been half in, half out, even from before the time that I met you. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's just a, a conflict between what I grew up observing the way that I was raised, the way that, not really the way, but the careers or the lifestyles that I saw other people lead in my family, in my extended circle, versus something more fundamental about who I am. But honestly, Z, you were the first person who gave me permission to say I'm something else. And it sounds ridiculous in a sense if I put it like that. It's like who needs permission to define themselves and be who they are, be anything you want to be. Uh, but that was the only reality I had. You know, I saw myself in a particular way, and, and I guess something inside rebelled against that and tried to move in different directions. But these conceptions that I had of myself kept on holding me back, pulling me back, preventing that full commitment I knew there was a safety net. I knew there was some other life that I could fall back on. I didn't have to succeed. I didn't have to make it work. In retrospect, had I known who I was and what what my nature required, then, then the fallback may never have been an option. It's kind of like I, I can't fall back because that's not who I am. I'm not from that mold. I'm not built that way. So I've got no other choice but to move forward, to figure this out, to try something different. So, yeah, as I think about it, certainly in my life, that lack of clarity 
has cost me a bit. It's led to some internal conflict. <laughs> you put it in your typical Z way. You told me that I've wasted the last 20 years of my life, <laughs> which which I, I don't totally disagree with. Uh, so, yeah, wasted time, uh, w- wasted energy. Um, and it, I don't regret this. You know, this is a journey that all of us are on. And there is a part of life which is just coming to terms with our own biases and limitations and assumptions and moving beyond that. But it, maybe what I take away from this conversation is just the importance of having that clarity. I guess I've known it now for a while. Uh, really something clicked when we talked over the last couple of weeks. I just started seeing myself differently. You know, even if the on the surface the things I'm doing aren't that different, what I identify with is different. And that means that the conviction level is different, priorities are different, focus is is greater, mindset, it, the, the mind is, is clear. I'm approaching this in a way where I'm not that concerned about trying to control how it evolves. It's like, how do you control life? How do you control your own personal evolution? You just let the plant grow. You let the flower blossom. You, you give it the right conditions, and, and you see what happens. So that's the point that I'm at, and it's a relatively recent inflection point. I'm excited to see where all this goes. I mean, I, I feel I came away feeling inspired, feeling excited. It, just from that conversation and that shift in mindset, I got probably – 50 different ideas about how I could take this forward, how I could build it, how I could create some momentum, make it resonate, the different types of content we could create, the way that we could align ourselves, you know, align the music with broader trends that are going on in the world, tying that into uh, to different videos, to different speaking engagements, getting out to college campuses, tapping into that energy. I had a conversation with one of the fans of the music who's who's in university right now, he must be 19 years old, and talked to him for an hour just about life, about all the things that we talk about, Z, about politics, about economics, about cancel culture, about owning yourself, personal health, walking the middle path, all of the same ideology that that comes out of me, that pours out of me in this podcast and that pours into the music. And it had a huge influence on him. I spent 60 minutes talking to a total stranger, and he was, he was, uh, I could almost see him shaking his head and nodding on the other side of the phone, you know, saying, hmm, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Wow, never thought about things that way. That's a really interesting perspective. And, that felt great, and I thought, okay, we can magnify this. We can use that energy to, to build this movement. And so I'm back here, and suddenly I'm thinking about the project completely differently. Not, not only do I feel more relaxed about it, more excited about it, but there's a certain amount of creative energy which is flowing through right now, which maybe previously I was holding back. 
So to me, it's it's fascinating because uh, as we're talking, I'm talking to you on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm just looking at m- my own situation and and it, everything you're saying it resonates to such an extent. Um, yeah, that clarity is is really something that that I have lacked in the past. You know me pretty well, Z. I, we've known each other about ten years, and you've seen me, and you've observed that I've had a safety net, and you've known that I've been half in, half out. What's your perspective? How typical am I? Am I a usual case, or am I an extreme because there's such a disconnect between how I saw myself and what I felt intrinsically? I guess it, it help us gauge how much of a how much of an issue this is for the typical person. Well, it is, it's atypical. It's inextraordinary. It's not extraordinary at all. That's the problem with the world. In order to advance our species, the known history of humanity has shown extraordinary events, extraordinary elements, extraordinary people have advanced the masses of us. Those who were distinguishable from all the others What were the distinguishing characteristics of those that moved humanity forward? Is they looked up one day and says, I think I can do it this better or another way. Everybody else said no. Everyone else has always said no. Just stay in the group. If you're a magnolia in a field of lilies, they'll just say, lay low. Just look like one of us. And you say, you know what? I grow different. I feel different. I relate to the sun different than you do. And it's okay. Can I do that? No, no, no. You will lose all your friends. You won't. It, it's not safe out there. Everybody has been told that. But in order to advance us, we reject that idea. Not only do we reject it, but we take with us all the benefits and risk associated with it, all the liabilities and gains, we take it with us, and then after it works, people follow you. After it works out, I remember years ago, it it, it always comes back to me when I remember hearing somebody say their parents used to tell them, don't be Columbus, don't explore, let other people do it, so you won't have to risk anything. Those people are inextraordinary. And looking at their lives, the vast majority of people in their family are suffering from extreme severe depression, anxiety, and dementia. And, and I had to ask the, the young fella, do you want to be like them? Do you want to be like them? He says, no, I want to be myself. You're not trying to be different for the sake of different. You're not trying to be different in the same old mold. You're not trying to walk around with, uh, you know, your, a bone in your head and a face tattoo just to say, I'm different, I'm different. No, in the heart of your soul, you're trying to live up to your playlist. Your playlist means something to you. And that playlist is life. That playlist is active, vibrant life. I am alive. I feel everything. I feel the ups, the downs, the aches, the pains, the joy, the pleasure, the highs, 
the lows, the disappointments, the joys of success, the ache of failure. I want to live. I want to live. But in order to do that, you have to distinguish yourself. You need to look at who you are. Throw away the shackles of the indistinguishable, the ordinary. Be extraordinary. Because not because of attention, but because you feel life, you feel alive. In your case, very few people have the talent you have. A lot of people are smart as you are. You ain't that smart, but a lot of you pretty intelligent guy, but you know, you got you're in the company of a few hundred million people. But when it comes to your talent, you're in the company of a few thousand people on earth. When it comes to your your ability to go to work every day, you're part of about two billion other people. Two, three other billion, or the eight billion. You're not that interesting. But that isn't what keeps us moving. It is extraordinary characteristics that give us momentum. There are people that are passionate about their vocations. And those people are the ones that move things forward. The people that maybe have the same vocations or professions that are doing it as a job are only maintaining the status quo, but they are not driving the engine. They're putting everything on cruise control as we move to the abyss or wherever. So I would say, look at yourself. Look at your avatar. Look at the stories we have in, 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 in our folklore, our history, our religions. The importance of being true to yourself is in itself a distinguishing characteristic that without effort or push makes you unique. Being unique is not, again, you don't have to strive for it. In a world that we live in, because the inextraordinary is so dominant, it's so overwhelming, that a person that's just living their truth becomes a beacon in the dark. You become a foghorn in the night. What does that say about the world we live in and we who call ourselves opting out because we think for ourselves? Those people that follow the ethics of the Dharma, right speech, right action, right livelihood, and so on, are considered out of the norm. Do you want to be in the norm or out of the norm? The people who have a playlist of popular music versus the people who have a playlist of significant and iconic music, there's a different soul. There's a different soul to those people. The people that searched it out and they heard something or felt something or read something that resonated with them and it affected them on a vibrational level, how they approach life. Those people who are hungry for knowledge and information and ideas and skills, those who are drawn to the light of knowledge and intelligence, those are extraordinary people simply because they are true to themselves. So those are the things that we want to work on. You know, we want to work on those characteristics and features in ourselves. I'd love everybody to do the homework 
let me look at my playlist. I want to look at my playlist. Jante and uh, Caitlin, all of them are going on a road trip. I'd be interested in seeing what the playlist is as they're trading drivers and going across country, um, considering life, thinking about the things you're working on, and what is the motivation, what is the impetus of the soul and the heart that drives you. If you have somebody that has no playlist, you need to be concerned. You need to be really concerned. What brings a tear to your eye? What makes you smile? What gives you an extra shot of adrenaline? What awakens you? What shocks your humanity into awakening in a world that is so bland, so so characterless? What shakes you up and wakes you up from sleeping in this deadness? What awakes you from the grave of ignorance? That's part of your playlist. Being there, There's the old saying, right? To thyself be true. To yourself be true. I ask everyone, are you being true to yourself? Not others. But are you true to yourself? And how do you know you're being true to yourself? Because you said you went along with everything. You stayed out of the way. Your playlist is filled with uh, whatever the pop music is. Justin Bieber. Yeah, whoever is the latest person they tell you to follow, you follow. Do you do that? You, are you the one that gets up every day and checks to see what are the trends? What's trending? Mm -hmm. Let me make sure I'm, I'm trending. Then you need to get out of the way. But we, we can learn from our, our, our stories in history and these great texts. You think about the great Radia, the great Karna, the son of Pandu, and Kuntima, son of the great sun god. And even though he was living amongst his wonderful adopted family in an inextraordinary way, he was extraordinary. And he couldn't fit the clothes they gave him. He couldn't shuffle the way they did. He walked upright with a strong gait. He was well-muscled when they were feeble. And though he loved them dearly, he knew something was wrong. You hear these stories every day. Uh, I remember years ago working uh, when I was involved in entertainment and things like that. And there were these, uh, this family of actors came to an event that I was working. And... Uh, uh, this, this, there's a father and he has a bunch of sons and they all act. They were famous Hollywood people. And he had got used to seeing me. Hey, Z, how's it going? And I said, yeah, I want to introduce you to my son. And he comes up with this big black kid. I said, that ain't your son. Where'd you steal him from? Crack house or something? What's going on, dude? He immediately got upset. The kid got upset. I said, this is my son. I said, yeah, I know he's your son. You love the kid. Okay, that's good enough. But where'd you get him from? Negroes or us? I don't know. Where'd you buy him from? Tell me the story. And in my own Z way, I got them both to get hella mad at me. They got real mad at me for not speaking a certain way because I was just curious. I'd been hanging out with this dude for a while. He seemed like a pretty inextraordinary person. He did something extraordinary. He had an extraordinary adopted kid. 
And they told me an amazing story of how he ended up adopting this kid shortly after his birth uh, and things like that. And and I, I had never heard of it. He was a Hollywood star. I had never seen the kid in the newspaper or anything. He said, no, we protect him from that because early on they harassed us and there was a lot of hateful things published about our child. And so we protected him from that until he could get older and protect himself. I said, right on. Then we, we made friends and I said, yeah, let's hang out sometime. Tell me about it. So this person had an extraordinary story. And it made me admire him even more as an artist, even though he was a mediocre actor of great fame and notoriety. He was an extraordinary human being. And, 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 and these kinds of stories we all have in some way or we know of. I would challenge our listeners and all of our opt-outs out there to talk about your playlist with your family, your friends, or even listen to it. Just listen. Do this for me. If you take a playlist from the people that you know or people you meet, see if you can construct a reasonable facsimile of them from their playlist. The music they listen to, the books they read, the artists, the intellects they quote. And you can design that person without ever even hanging out with them. So when it comes to being true to yourself, yeah, you wasted 20 years of your life. Why do I say that to people? Unapologetic. Because I know there are certain things that waste our time. Petty arguments waste your time. Petty skirmishes Waste your time. Spending time not being honest with yourself is a waste of time because you cannot run from the truth of yourself. You can hide it from others. You can put up smoke screens, subterfuge to others, but you got to live with you. So anytime you're not accepting you, you're wasting your time. You hear all these stories of people that suddenly wake up one day and they have to be true to themselves to the dismay or chagrin of everybody around them, all of a sudden they just say, to hell with it. I've been playing your role. I've been trying to be an extraordinary for a long time. I've been trying to be indistinguished. Now I'm going to distinguish myself. And they just explode. We've all seen it. They just explode. Oh my God. Guy just leaves his job and becomes a part of the circus. Why the hell did he do that? Well, that was his truth. Because, you know, he was wasting his time lying to himself. Because all it did was take time away from his life where he could have been living life completely. People who run off, you know, in India, they have this thing called love marriages, right? Somebody meets somebody, falls in love and decides to be with them instead of an arrangement. Everybody's mad about that. They fear it. Oh, no, my God, you can't marry somebody for love. Love is fleeting. Arrangements are contractual. To hell with your happiness, your joy, your passion, sensuality, enjoying life. It's better you spend your time in misery doing what you're told than have one day of joy. Think of the long-term effects on others. That's what people say. So don't be true to yourself. Live in my truth. Live in my truth, which isn't your truth, because it serves 
me to stay in a low level of comfort so I can live too with my head dropped, never seeing the sky. I want company in my misery. Yeah. This is insane. That, to me, is a waste of time. You're an extraordinary, talented wordsmith, writer, lyricist. I don't have that kind of talent. I can't do that. Go do your thing. What's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? You die? What's the worst thing that can happen if we're true to ourselves? You know what the worst thing that can happen? You die. And you know what's going to happen to all of us? We're going to what? We're going to what? We're going to die. So the end result is the same anyway. It's the end result is the same anyway. It is the ultimate equalizer, the universal equalizer. We're all going to die. And the only thing that we have is time to live. And the only way to live is to be true to yourself. And if people reject you because of that, they weren't with you anyway. Do you understand? Do we all understand that? If people reject you for being you, they weren't with you anyway. You hear about families falling apart because somebody wants to vax and somebody doesn't want to vaccinate. There are family battles. I think there's even been a few... uh, uh, homicides within the family, right? People killing each other. Well, they didn't accept you anyway. Even if you disagree, you can disagree and says, okay, this is going to change the dynamic of our daily interaction, but I'm always with you. I'm always with you. And with you doesn't mean always physically. In my heart, in my identity, in my soul, I'm with you. You might be doing some weird stuff, but I love you anyway. So the operative word there is love. So if the love is provisional, it's not love. If it has certain uh, uh, fine print associated with it, it's not love. It's a mutual arrangement that you are not privy to the contractual lines of that mutual agreement. So it goes all ways. Being true to yourself, being able to distinguish yourself clearly, and then we can take and look at you and say, hey, I want to share with you my playlist. Jay, you know what I mean. You've been in my house. You've been around me. Uh, You know me. You walk in, there's nothing extraordinary in that sense. You say, okay, this is Z. I have people that have known me all my life. And I remember the great Willie White saying to me one time, may he rest in eternity well until we meet him again. He was talking to me. He says, I knew you would be doing this right now. I knew this 40 years ago that you would be right here when my best friend was passing away. That's what Mr. White told me. He said, I knew you would be by his side in his worst moment. I said, yeah, coach. And he said, the reason I knew that is because I watched you grow up and I knew you would never abandon a friend. And he is your friend. And you do not have the characteristics 
or the ability to abandon a friend. I said, you knew that? He said, no, I watched you grow up. I watched you. I knew when you would push yourself and I knew when you would half-ass it. And the times that you pushed yourself is when your friends needed you. And I said, oh, okay. So, the truth of self, he could distinguish my characteristics. And those things apply universally, the way I am now. My success is directly related to the success of the people around me, for good or for bad. I'm not a friggin' saint. I'm just saying, that's the way I am. That's the way I roll. That's my characteristic. I admit, I am not an artist. Don't pretend to be. Don't try to be. But I admire artists. I really admire it. And I think because I am not an artist and I don't have those kind of talents, artists piss me off because they're like entitled people. You're talking about the divine gave you a gift and you're just sitting around doing other stuff. Imagine freaking Ray Charles saying, I don't want to be a piano player. I want to race. I want to be a ship captain. I'm going to pilot the Titanic. But man, you can play the piano. You can't see shit. Stevie Wonder. You know what? I want to be a, an astronomer. That sounds like you guys with talent. Yeah, yeah. I can write crazy. I can see the world. I can offer a perspective of the world that the common person can, uh, can, can attach to. And it gives them a Thomas guide out of this hell hole. But you know what? I'm going to um, commit to Wall Street. What? It's like, it's like you're out of your damn mind. This is talented people. I remember years ago, one of my teachers, uh, Mr. Baker's wife, Shelly, told me, she said, I don't trust talented people. I said, really, Shelly, why don't you trust talented people? He says, no, they're like entitled people. They're weak in character because they don't every day count the blessings of their gift. He said, people like us who had to work really hard at everything, we show gratitude every second for every inch, every pound, everything that we, we've gotten that moved us away from where we're at. We think about it all the time. I work out a little bit every day. I work on my skills every day because I feel like I'm in a thieves bazaar. The fact that I'm good at what I am is like I stole a prize and nobody knows I stole it. Like the bank accidentally gave me a billion dollar check and they're not missing the money. But one day they'll figure it out. That's how it feels when you have to work at everything. People who are talented, they're like, eh, maybe I'll try something else. Maybe I'll explore something else. No, no, you're really good at this thing. You're really, really good at it. So why don't you do that? Act like you can't do it and appreciate that you can do it. As opposed to just saying, yeah, maybe I'll do it on Sundays. What? What? This is your thing. This is your moment in the sun. Run with it and be grateful. Just be grateful. But you guys aren't. A lot of these talented people aren't. That's why Shelly said don't trust them. 
I got to work it. You know what I'm saying, Jay? Got to work at it, right? You know what I'm saying, Jay? We got to work it. What are you going to say, Jay? It, it, it makes me think of, because I was on piano. I learned to play by ear. My mom put me in piano classes, seven, I think. Um, and the first week there, the teacher pulled my mom aside. I was like, he doesn't belong here. Every Everything that I do, he, he can listen and follow right behind me. He needs a private tutor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up being classically trained and all that. But I almost quit at 13 or so because my tutor forced me to learn to read music. She wouldn't let me touch the keys unless I was reading the sheet music. And having to work at it bothered me on such a level. And she was trying to teach you reverence for your gift, man. Yep. You see how you guys are? And I didn't, I didn't see that. And the teacher was trying to teach. She had seen it, so she was trying to teach him reverence for his gift. Yep. Trying to teach, make you Beethoven, man. Make you Rachmaninoff. Because he, you had to beat him down and say, no, no, you got this gift, but we need you to appreciate it. This is what other people have to do to be able to do what you do. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It took me two months to learn chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still know. Is it two, 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 three, one, two, two? Something like And I was like, I, what the heck? Months to learn chopsticks. I have no talent. But I worked out until my fingers were bruised. And then finally I could play chopsticks. And the teacher came to my mother, unlike coming to your mother, and says, you know, maybe you should do something else. Right? So, distinguishing yourself and also accepting that we all have a place in the sun. In whatever endeavor you're pursuing, if it comes to you easily, show gratitude for it. If you work real hard at it and you achieve it, show gratitude for it and value it. But you can't do that unless you understand that in your playlist is the template of your whole essence and being. It is the soul of who you are. Understand the soul and nurture it. Because when you don't do it, I believe you'll be cursed in life. I believe if you have this gift of talent, something like what Vin has, uh, you're on the verge of a mental breakdown if you don't do it. I've seen many of artists who have lost their mind not being true to their art. And art could be the art in science, in music, in literature. You see? Be true to yourself, but distinguish yourself. Know yourself. Reject indistinguishable titles reject being part of the indistinguishable herd that again it doesn't mean you're trying to be different just know your damn self don't go along with everything other people are doing I understand if you like a certain political view certain people but know the limits Because, you know, whoever your political or social or civic icon is, you know what they are? They're human beings with all the flaws and features of every other human being, and even sometimes more than that. Because the thing that often drives them to notoriety is the masking of who they are. 
So they know that they can't be honest and true in order to excel in in public in in, in the idea of being uh, loved and liked by the indistinguishable. They know they can't be disruptive, so they hide themselves. That's why every day you see them busted for doing weird stuff. Weird stuff. Right? It wouldn't be so bad if they hadn't put themselves up as being non-weirdos. Then you find out they're weirdo. It's shocking. It's devastating. It's headline worthy. What if they just came and said, you know, I'm really good at this, but I'm a weirdo? We'd be okay with that. Those of us who are distinguished. Because we all got our thing. We all got stuff. You saw me the day the way I acted when I got that Star Trek book. I couldn't think straight when I got my Star Trek book today. Somebody gave me a Star Trek book for my birthday. Not even my birthday, but I got a Star Trek book. I couldn't put it down. Yep, Master Z likes Star Trek. You know I like Star Trek? Let me tell you why I like Star Trek. In 1966, I sat up and watched the first episode of Star Trek with my dad and my uncle. My uncle was on his way to Vietnam. My dad was there, and one of my uncles from uh, was in from Zaire. He was a pilot. And we were always sitting down in a room with all the grown-ups. And Star Trek came on. We said, well, let's watch this. And my uncles, one who flew for Air Afrique and one on his way from Vietnam in the military, and my dad. And they looked and they saw all the different people doing amazing things for science. He said, my dad looked over to me at the end and said, son, one day you'll see a world where it's more important. Your intellect and your ability is more important than what you look like. I won't get to see that world, but you might. All those machines you see they're doing, they don't have them yet. But if you could think about them, it'll happen. They had cell phones and all this other kind of stuff. And I just sat there with my dad and all these brilliant people having this discussion about science and society. And they said, this is what it's going to look like. And Star Trek, they had all races of people, all ethnic groups, all different. They even had a dude who was just a head in a box. He was in a wheelchair, Captain Pike. And he was he just a head in a box rolling around. Just an intellect in a box. Had people from other worlds that looked weird. Like people from other countries. And that stuck with me all my life. So if you know me in my playlist, Star Trek. Tells a lot about a dude. Got other stuff in my playlist. But you put it all together and you could figure me out. Huh, Vin? You said one thing which uh, I think is really important, uh, this idea of nurturing whatever your gift is. Because uh, I feel like the, the world we're in, we do have this tendency to align with what other people are doing. And we've talked about this, to look for validation. We don't want to upset people. We want to fit in. So how do you find that true nature of yourself and be true to who you are, get that clear direction? In my case, a lot of it has been just cultivating the stuff that I enjoy doing. And whether it's talent, hobby, passion, whatever you want to call it, the more you're in tune with that, it really, the more you're in tune with the aspects of life that make you feel alive, that animate you, that energize you, 
it, that's where you start to find yourself. And maybe those are some of the markers that you can, can create. Because I'm just thinking, Z, about how we operationalize this. Uh, we've talked about doing things uh, like the I am meditation. Uh, we've talked about being able to just observe yourself and be dispassionate, uh, not align yourself with one ideology or another. But beyond that, figure out what resonates, uh, what breeds life into you, whether it is books or it's music uh, or it's talents or it's hobbies, and align with that. And maybe that's a way that we can get clarity around ourselves. So uh, I'm going to end over there. Uh, you know, it's been a useful discussion for me. But Z, any final thoughts you want to add? Yeah, Vin, the final thought I had as I'm listening to you, you said something, you had a word that you used, enjoy. I'm a grumpy old man. I don't enjoy much in life other than being left to hell alone. But I feel something greater than joy when I work with people. I got a call this afternoon when I was picking up one of my little ones from an old friend of mine, Wayne D. Watson. That's what we call him. He's a Jamaican guy that I was in the military with, and I've been knowing him for years. He's a little bit younger than me, and he told me, hey, I, I, I promised you, Z, I'm going to call you because now that I'm in my 60s, and I just, whoa, you're in your 60s, wow. I want to make sure that I acknowledge the relationship I have with you. And he went over a list of things that had happened in his life because he had met me. They were all very positive, and I never meant to do that. But in this quiet place in my heart, I said I did something for somebody. And then I got another call from somebody who wanted to discuss some issues with their health. And they said, can we, you know, you got a minute, Z? I got a minute. I'm driving. And they said, thank you, Z. You know, I, I trust you with my life because you've never been wrong uh, and you've always talked straight to me. And it hit me. It gave me this other shit in the heart. Boom. Wow. Is that how people see me? Is that the utility I am in their life that I, I am a person who mitigates some suffering? That I make their life a little easier it's not even enjoying, Vin. It's, it's my purpose. As my teacher, Mr. Navies, on his deathbed told me that it was my purpose. And in the promise I made to him, I got to realize that. So on good days, on bad days, on rough days, on easy days, in the middle of all that, if the sun settled on my life tonight, you know, I lived completely because I got those calls or I hang out with the people. I, hang, I get to hang out with you guys. I watch you grow and evolve. And somewhere in some ingredient in your life playlist, I'm on that playlist. It's a beautiful thing. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.